Let's go to the rock biter. <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. It's just me. It's me, Carl Weathers, of the Predator Weathers Report, featuring the Action Jackson AccuPredator Doppler Weather Radar Forecast, and Cardi B. Cardi B, how come your mouth doesn't move like it used to? Well, I don't know. Seems like something's going technically wrong with the technical techni- technicality. Oh, no! There's a Predator! Get him out of here! <laughs> well, Cardi B, it seems like I'm uh, appearing and disappearing. This is a new trick that I learned. I'm so quick in the ring that you can't see me. I disappear. Uh, hey, Lando Calrissian, what do you, what do you, what would you like to contribute to the conversation? I just want to say that you two look beautiful. You're wonderful. You're fantastic, and you truly belong here among the clouds. That reminds me, it's gonna rain. There are clouds that stormy weather coming. No, it never rains in Cloud City. It's just cloudy and foggy and, uh, you know, you can pull up and have a nice ice cold for cold 45. Well, how about that? Whoa, hey, what's up everybody? It's me, Aristotle Full Throttle. This is the Aristotle Full Throttle Show. We do it five days a week, Monday through Friday, Pacific Standard Time. Oh, uh, yeah, it's great. It's so much, it's so much fun for me. I don't know what you're doing. Maybe you're doing a drive. Maybe you're you're uh, working on your motorbike in the garage, and you're just listening along, which is fair enough and fine, and I don't mind. It's just here. It's for your mild entertainment. Hopefully my the dulcet tones of my voice can get you to sleep at night. You know, I actually, it's funny. I used to... I used to... I'm going to skip that story. <laughs> You shouldn't be drinking coffee at this time of day. Unless you're in where? I don't know. London. You know, London, they say tea. They say, let's go to tea. But what they really mean is let's eat a bunch of cakes and sandwiches. But they say tea because they want it to sound like a nice little light snack. But it's not a light snack. It's like a, it's a whole meal. It's an entire meal. Have you ever had tea? Have you ever gone to tea? I don't know how you have dinner after that. Tea time is like 4 o'clock, right? That's siesta time if you're in Spain. But you, if you're in the UK, that's time to eat some more. In Spain, they eat at like 10 p.m. at night. 10 p.m. at night. Let me see if I can open up the Discord. Guys, if you want to join the Discord, remember you can subscribe on Twitch. I see that there's nobody here, so I'm just going to play guitar. Which I like. It gives me practice, and if you watch the replay, you'll hear me playing uh, songs such as, like this, like, like this one. You will not hear me play that song, because that is a song by the terrible band Creed. Now, if you like the band Creed, it tells me that, you know, maybe, I don't know, I don't want to be too judgy. You like what you want to like. Me, personally, I don't like Creed. And there's reasons for it. I've reasoned it out. I figured out that I just don't like them because of many reasons. Also, the singer, Scott Stapp, he's kind of a douche. <laughs> Have you ever seen the singer sing? He's bad. He's terrible. 
Yes. Uh, well, Uncle, I'm Uncle Ron. I tell you, some people, some people. Recently, I found out someone liked Creed, and it was a deal breaker. <laughs> I gotta tell you. Oh boy. You know, there. What's the, the deal breaker for you? Do you have a deal breaker? Someone just says, hey, I like Creed, and unabashedly, I will enjoy Creed. That was a deal breaker for me. I, listen, I'm shallow. Here it is. My most likable song ever. Coca-Cola, lipstick ring, go dance all night, dance all night. Kiss me, just kiss me, kiss me, never tidy. Lipstick, kiss me, lipstick ring, go, that's the way you like it. This is your most likable song ever? Yeah. People will love it. People will love it. That's a G7. Yeah. So I'm just going to chill out here, Rod. I don't know what you're up to, but I'm going to play some guitar because I'm a musician at heart. That's the thing. That's the one. That's my modality. You guys know about modalities? That's the thing where your your body and your mind all come together and, you're, and everything like is focused on and it's, it's what you are driven to do. I have the, My modality generally is playing music because I start to lose all sense of reality. You guys see that movie that came out, Soul? The movie Soul, where it's about a musician who dies. <laughs> it's a Pixar movie. It's fantastic. It's one of the most accurate portrayals of what it's like to get lost in a jam. When they do the scene in that movie where he's playing a piano and he's getting lost in the jam. And they're like, you're going to play with us tonight. And then he goes ahead and dies. I got an interview with 30, so I can't really hang. Well, good luck on your interview. I didn't hear nothing back from those Snickers people. I thought I did a good job, but here's the problem with auditions, guys. I go on a lot of auditions, see, and I, people ask me, how did your audition go? And I officially will never know. I will never know how an audition goes because I've gone to so many auditions. And when I walk out of there with a strut in my step, and I'm like, yeah, I just nailed it. I killed it. Everybody was laughing. Everybody was having a good time in the audition room. I don't hear nothing. I don't hear no callbacks. I don't hear no bookings. I don't hear anything back. But the times I have booked commercials, I was like, oh, that sucked. That was terrible. I didn't know what I was doing. I kept stumbling. I messed up the line. I wasn't sure what to do or think. Book it. I book it. I don't know why. There's no rhyme or reason, ladies and gentlemen, to auditioning for commercials particularly they always say the best actor isn't the person who gets the job so i don't know what to tell you every single time someone asks me how'd your audition go i'll be like i did the audition i can't tell you how it goes until i see my face on tv <laughs> by then clearly it had it will have gone well but other than that even when I tape the commercial, even when I film the commercial, I'm like, I don't know. I don't see it on TV yet. I did a commercial last year. I didn't. I never saw it air. It's happened a few times. Sometimes when you are too self-confident, you let your guard down. 
No, well, that's the thing. It's like sometimes you want to walk in there like you own the joint, right? But sometimes, I don't know, it works. It works for you. It works against you. Everybody's like, you shouldn't care. You should go in there with like the feeling that you already have everything you need, and this is just the icing on the cake if you get it. And that's actually helped. Otherwise, I don't know. This mean Mr. Buster. Mean, mean Mr. Buster shaves in the park. He doesn't stop. He's a go. I don't know where it's a hole in the road. Save it up to buy him some clothes. You guys like the Beatles? He keeps his temp up, note up his nose. Still old man. You know what's funny about that song? Uh, or about that band, by the, by the way, it's a band called the Beatles. But it's not like the bug. Like a beetle. It's a, it's a band called the Beatles, but they spell it B-E-A-T-L-E-S. So it's like a beat. It's like a play on words. Because they're a band, see? And rock and roll involves a beat backbeat rock and roll is defined by the beat of the music one of my favorite things is identifying genres of music i have been a musician my entire adult life i hang out with musicians i talk to musicians some of my best friends are musicians (laughs) so what i can't be musicianist some of my best friends are musicians some of my best friends are musicians. And what happens is we sit there and we go, we take the minutia, we listen to the song. We're like, oh, there's a there's a hint of Afro-Caribbean music in there. Oh, do you hear the Eastern influence? We talk about the flavors of music in songs. Like listen to the heavy metal. It's got a little bit of a harmonic minor situation going on there. You know? Anyway, so what happens is, a few months ago, I'll say like many months ago, I was at this place, right? And they were playing music over the PA. Now tell me if this would annoy you. (laughs) You're a lifelong musician, right? A song comes on, and it's like... And you're like, oh yeah, that's got... It's got like kind of a heavy metal, like, not a heavy metal, sorry. It, like an Afro-Caribbean accent on the scene of the four. It's got like a, it's got like a reggae tone, reggae beat, reggae-ness to it. And you identify the genre as ska punk. I don't know if you guys know what ska punk is, but I'm going to get to it. Ska punk is a specific genre that you might have heard in the 90s. There were many bands that were ska punk in the 90s. And there was this band playing over the PA, which had a distinctive ska punk sound. And I said, hey, this band sounds interesting. They sound like they are ska punk. I, oh, you know what ska punk is and you hate it. So I said, they sound like ska punk, right? Just merely identifying the genre of music. And this person said... No, this, is, this isn't this is ska punk. I wouldn't call this ska punk. And I'm like, it is though. But they said, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call this ska punk. And I said, I would call it ska punk 
based on, you know, how it sounds. And she said, this doesn't sound like ska punk. They sound more like sublime. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it was at this point where my brain melted and my eyes crossed because I then said, Sublime is a ska punk band. <laughs> they are the poster boys for a ska punk. <laughs> Rod, you're laughing. I see that you're laughing because you know exactly how mind numbing that can be to a person. Where you're like, you just said to me, this band doesn't sound like ska punk, they sound like Sublime. And then I like, Went on the Wikipedia, and I said, I showed up, I showed this, I said, you look up Sublime on Wikipedia, it says, Sublime is a ska punk band from Long Beach, California. I got a bone to pick, ladies and gentlemen, a ska punk bone. The point of this story is there are some people who are never wrong about everything, anything, but they're always wrong about everything. Don't you get annoyed by people who are never wrong about anything, but are always wrong about everything? It is, these are the people I'm glad I don't have to deal with in my life. You got to be open. I, myself, I defer to the experts. People are... They call me Mr. Know-it-all. They don't call me Mr. Know-it-all. But the thing is, there's problems with sometimes. There's problems with that, because then I'm like, am I mansplaining right now? Am I trying to mansplain to somebody who's like arguing with me about the thing I've spent my entire adult life doing? I just find it, I find it petty. I'm just saying, these are the things that annoy me. You ever get annoyed by someone like that? The Monday meditation today is have an open mind. Listen to what other people have to say. Try to understand where they're coming from. Also, defer to the experts. <laughs> if someone you, who might know more than you about something says something. I got a friend. He's a genetic. He's a genetics. He's a doctor of genetics. My friend. I, I saw this happen to him once. Someone was saying to him, oh, yeah, like, I don't like X, Y, Z about genetics. Now, the person who's talking to him is a layman. They, are, they do not have a doctorate. They do not have any sort of advanced degree in medical science or science or anything. My friend said calmly, well, here's how that goes. <laughs> because he is one of the few experts in that particular field in this country. And then 
This other person said, oh, no, no, no. That's wrong. It's all wrong. And then my friend calmly said, my friend who's a doctor of genetics, said, well, here's how that goes. Let me just let you know. And I interjected and I said, hey, why don't you defer to the expert? (laughs) He has spent eight years of school or more studying this. You read a headline somewhere. Have an open mind. Doctor of genetics, I never saw him of John C. Do you have any requests? Should I play some Sublime? I ain't practice Santeria. I don't have no crystal ball. I don't know. Well, how's that song go? By the Body Bubba the Boston? I know it's your favorite, Uncle Ron. You know what? I actually don't like the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, but I've seen them three times. Not on purpose. Incidentally. Because every time I'll go to like a, a festival or whatever, I don't know why, but the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones would be there. And I didn't, I don't like them. I don't like trumpets in rock bands. Call me brassist. I'm a bracist. I don't know. I know the first two chords. I don't know Mighty Mighty Boss Toads, but that's just the impression that I get. When I saw the Mighty Mighty Boss Toads, now I'm going to crap on the Mighty Mighty Boss Toads. I don't mean to, but this was just disappointing for me. I've heard the song. The song was on the radio. I never had to knock on wood or whatever. Never had to knock on wood. However that song goes, I don't care. Uh, When I saw them, I felt bad. Because the singer was like this. Never had to not a wood. Good knows it who had. And that's a pressure that I get. And that's how his voice held up that day. It was worse than Anthony Kiedis. Judella 1978. Judella 78. Did you? Yes, I got. I got that too, Ron. That was pretty, pretty good uh, reference there. But I say, mighty, mighty boss tones. Listen, I don't hate them. I just don't like them. It's not my thing. Mighty, mighty boss tones can stay in Boston and eat some bean pies for all I care. They can wear their plaid. I, for one, won't wear plaid ever. You'll never see me wear plaid. Dead men don't wear plaid. Am I excited for Wednesday? I believe you're referring to the Boba Fett season finale. Which, by the way, the last two episodes of Boba Fett were just episodes of The Mandalorian, which was fine with me because it was way better than the book of Boba Fett because book of Boba Fett, I don't get how you can even write a, a brochure on Boba Fett. He's not that compelling of a character. I'm sorry. I don't know why people like him. They like the toy. <laughs> I'm getting angry today. This is fun. Uh, I can't wait to have my spaghetti after this. So I got, uh, I'm just saying, people like Boba Fett for no particular reason. I guess that he's interesting in some way, but the Mandalorian, we know him. 
He loves that little Grogu. That little Grogu love him back. We need to see that in season three. And that's what we're going to get in season three. I guarantee it. It's just such a dumb question. Is Grogu going to pick the Beskar armor? Or is he going to pick Yoda's lightsaber? Come on. Grogu going to pick the Mandalorian every time. Because Disney, they like the member berries. They work on the member this, member that uh, formula. Disney has a formula which is called, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if it ain't broke, don't break it. Disney is going to have season three of Mando and Baby Grogu. Because they, it's like how, you know, everybody's like, how are they going to do season three without Grogu? They're not. They spent half a book of Boba Fett telling us, okay, we're just going to do a mulligan on that last episode. Of the Mandalorian, the most recent one from last year with this, with Luke Skywalker's, or a year and a half ago almost, a year and two months. Po- point is, who do they think they're kidding? Who do they think they're playing? Come on, little baby Grogu's gonna be a Mandalorian Jedi or something, I don't know. It's just easy. They like it because he's the only in the Empire where the droid would have gone. Uh, They are going to need to stretch the drama for 10 episodes or so. You're right. When uh, season 3 starts of The Mandalorian, it's just going to be all like weird deep fake Luke Luke Skywalker with the dead eyes. And the weird voice that doesn't really have any intonation to it. What do you guys feel about the deepfake Luke Skywalker? Grogu, my master Yoda. It's kind of kind of eerie. Looked be- looked good, but not as good as you know a human. There are going to be just- yes, I believe they will. That's a song by the Pearl Jams. You guys have any recordings? The tuning song? Okay. There it is. It was deep garbage. Yeah, some of those line reads were rough. Well, it's because they're using a computer-generated version of Mark Hamill's voice. Can you play some rat? Well, first of all, Welcome, Judy. You got the touch. Is this, this will. is Will. You got the power. Is will. Yeah. Oh, I get shot every time. Why, Joe Pinelli? It's AFT. 
Play rap, play project, baby. How's it go? I see uh, there's Will. This is Will. How's it go? Even flow. I don't know how even flow goes. I don't know how it goes. Well, do you know how even flow goes? How about this one? This is Radiohead. Oh, yeah. It would be like, even flow! Even flow! Even flow! Right? You know what I'm disappointed by? I see Will, but I don't hear him. Uh, the... Uh, do you guys know that stranglehold riff? I don't know it. Uh, and it's like. What's, what's the chord after that? Point is, that is a terror. It's, it's an incredible riff. It's one of the greatest rock and roll riffs, riffs ever created, but it's made by the worst person ever. <laughs> it's the worst person ever. Made that riff. And it's the greatest, one of the greatest riffs. It's a great riff. But Ted Nugent had to be the person who originated that. Can you believe it? Terrible. Can't. At what point do you hate the artist? And he hate the art. Just play. Um. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be like. Or. Um. I don't. I don't know how to play guitar. I'm just lying. I'm lying with my fingers. Hey, KH Murica. This is me pretending to play guitar. You know you could hear yourself, but not me. You know how you could hear yourself, but not me? I, can, I can't hear you, Will. 
I can't hear you. I see you. I see you over there. And it says you're muted, and it says all that stuff. Now it's reversed, and I'm trapped in the phantom zone. Auto-fail. Uh-oh. We need to send a nuclear warhead out into space that will send ripples to break you out of the phantom zone. So that you can land on planet Houston. Houston. Oh, no, Will. You know, let me tell you something. I was watching that scene from, uh... Just the, there you are. Will, I was watching the scene the other day when uh, Zod breaks into the White House in Superman 2. Remember that? And he like, he's like, who is the president? I would like to speak to the president. And then the guy gets up and walks. He's like, you are not the president. No president would be so weak to do. And then he's like, kneel uh, <laughs> before Zod. The president said, before I do this, he's like, I do this for the, the millions of Americans, the human race, but there's one man who would never bow to you. And he's like, who is this imbecile? Where is he? He says this. Uh, Who is this imbecile? <laughs> it's great. Well, I'm going to describe Superman 2 until you get your, your microphone working. <laughs> and then they went and they flew around and they punched. And then they punched and then like Superman was in the city. He's like, no, the people, you know. And then Zod was like, oh, he likes these people. Let me blow the people. can hear you now don't do anything (laughs) (laughs) oh this is ridiculous the fix was pretty idiotic uh what's that the fifth what are you talking about hmm of the fix oh the fix okay well will don't bore us with the details of the sound problem tell us what you had to say what was okay well, you were talking about uh, Mandalorian and Boba Fett and yes. all that stuff. Yep. And so we got into deep fake camel. So you know more about yeah. it than I do. I just simply watched it. I didn't know research because I'm like, you know, Mr. No Spoilers whatsoever. So yeah. I didn't want to accidentally come across anything. So did Hamill actually record the the lines and then they processed it or what's the story i feel like they did but they had to just as they could do they could do deep fakes where they could take someone's face and replace it with a fake face they can they've been able to do this with voices for like the last 15 years or so well they could take Mm -hmm. like thousands and thousands of little snippets of Mark Hamill's voice in interviews and stuff, just little tiny right. snippets, and then they can like line them up so that it sounds like he's talking, which is kind of crazy. It's I mean it's how MP3s work really. We're just we're not listening to continuous yeah. music when we hear digital music. We're hearing slices of music that our brain cannot perceive. This the silence is in between those slices. So I right, find that yeah. I think they did that with Mark Hamill. They like replaced his voice with a younger version of his voice because somehow I don't fully understand how the they use those neural networks, those uh, what do they call them, adversarial nerve 
uh, generative adversarial neural networks <laughs> or something where now guys this is gonna be boring so maybe you're gonna want to switch over to someone else's channel where they're playing super mario brothers or I'm something totally wrapped into <laughs> okay i'm okay. learning man give us the knowledge well let me tell you something about uh generative uh, adversarial networks that what they do is they take two learning computers i'm a learning computer i've detailed files they they take these two computers right and then they just feed them information so one computer says knows how to recognize faces right it can say is this a face is this specifically mm-hmm. will's face you know and the one computer is, the other computer is going to keep generating faces until it convinces the other computer that it's actually luke skywalker's face or whatever so they have to do that with every frame of footage so it's kind of a really detailed laborious process but like every single frame they have to replace the face enough so that it it convinces the recognizing computer that it's real and it has to go back and forth because what what it'll do is like the recognition computer gets better at recognizing who mark hamill is from from every angle and then the other one has to try harder to convince the other computer right. that this is actually Mark Hamill's face. So they have to take every angle of – there's like thousands of hours of Mark Hamill's face from every angle and yeah, every lighting condition. Yeah, so they so, got the car accident scars. Yeah, they got to change his face to the post-Empire Strikes Back era version. Of, right. He's got to hang out in that back to tank longer. Um, yeah. yeah. So, but the voice – and applying that to the visual for the deep fake is one thing, but with the voice, yeah, you, they could just as easily apply modulation, just like we yeah. use auto tune to pitch people's voices up or down to yeah. get the timbre of his voice from back then too. So that's what I, that's what I was trying to figure out. I was like, all right, did they modulate his voice so that it was pitched higher like he was younger, or did they generate his voice? Because the line reads, man. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. Grogu, mom, this was Master Yoda. <laughs> it was just so funny. The thing flat. that bothered the me the most. Time. The thing that bothered me the most is the fact that that Disney is trying to play off like we don't know what's going to happen. Right, right, right. But we do know. Grogu what's going is to like he's unless he unless he dies. Grogu has a lifespan that's going to outlive everybody else. So he would have shown up in. Hey, Force Awakens. That's true. He would have showed up at the Force. So you think that the Grogu was going well, to die? Only if no. If I don't he think he's going okay. to be a Jedi, or you know, the other thing is, technically, Luke didn't show up in the Force Awakens till the very end either. How about this? Grogu is Snoke. Oh, hey, maybe <laughs> that would be one hell of a Grogu. <laughs> it would. Um, but it they lasts. are probably going to. We go. They're okay. probably gonna get. They're probably gonna do post, um, sequel trilogy content with Grogu as like a more adult version. I'm sure, or teenager. I'm sure if he if he uh, if if he if because we don't know if he didn't it doesn't isn't gone. You know he's old enough that he can have survived past the rise of Skywalker. Yes, yeah, I, I think so. I would say my money is on. Them just spending as much time as possible in the 30-year period that I'm mean, right about 30 years between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Is that the correct interval of time? 
I believe it's like it 27 them- years. Yeah, 30 years. Yeah. Okay. There's license there to not touch this stuff that people are so divided by and up an arm against for the most part. So they can just well, stay the course and just say, well, we're not going to mess with episode 79 for a long, long time. That's true. Um, I was listening to something though where they were saying that, well, if there's enough interest, they'll redo the sequel trilogy. I'm like, why are they going to redo the sequel trilogy? We already got Mandalorian. We already got Boba Fett. We can hang out in that era now because they're showing us the Luke Skywalker of that era. So this is the sequel trilogy. This is what happened after. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is the work. To be yeah. fair, though, they, they they did release the Snyder Cut, so anything can happen. I'm just anything saying in, in film as, as a whole. Oh, yeah, I don't doubt they just take a different avenue because you have the luxury of time. you got two things that they can milk right now. One thing is that they've already established that Grogu is old enough that he was literally like the one big reveal we got in this last episode that you know I haven't been in a lot of spoiler discussions about it so I don't know how much people are talking about it but they established that he was alive and with the Jedi's during Order Order 66 66. during Revenge of the uh, Sith yeah that's true he was in the Jedi Temple and also Peggy if you want to watch if you want to hear the full discussion you can go to twitch.tv slash Aristotle Full Throttle War uh, find it on YouTube, but you can get the full discussion, not just me talking and playing guitar. Will and, and I'm Uncle Ron are in the chat. Go ahead. Uh, so we've got him as a character that now spans both trilogies in terms of his lifespan. Uh, we can assume that he was cryogenically right. put under for the, the, the original trilogy, we'll call that. Um, and woken up afterwards here. Yeah, I don't even know about that though because the, no, I don't know their I don't know what their their race is called. But Yoda was like nine hundred years old. Right. Yeah, no, he was. What nine hundred you reach? Yeah. Um, this good you look. This, the actual physical state he was in when he was when Dendron California opened up the thing like he was he was like <laughs> chilling mm. like literally. Oh, so you think that that was a that. he got thawed out in that moment for the first time? Yeah, because so Moff not Gideon even... was using him for experimentation. Yeah, that's true. So, so we don't know how long he could have been buckied, wake him up, use him. But mm. they were draining in his blood, that's right. Um, how long he was a communist sympathizer. <laughs> you know, it's funny that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, little baby Grogu was a, he's he's got his little book. The agent My... of Hydra. He has a little high hail hydrosis. That's what he's the, saying. The, the, the Grogu soldier. Yeah, uh, <laughs> what, what was that? <laughs> he's got a little metal arm. You don't know this race. No. Uh, people are but saying yeah, he's I mean, Yoda and Yaddle's kid, but I don't know. They seemed a bit old. But maybe they had him 100 years ago. Yeah, no matter whose kid he is, if you did another 30 or 27 years of Star Wars in this time period, He's not going to age, so you've got a baby Yoda for perpetuity right now as far as the fan base is concerned. Yeah. And if Dendron never takes his mask off, you can always recast that role and just get someone with a similar voice. And you got the Mandalorian and you got baby Yoda to carry Star Wars for a good long time. And who yeah. better than them to carry it? I mean, that's the thing that, At like, Disney... Point, it's hard to argue with. 
Well, they struck gold with that. Favreau struck gold with that concept and the execution. So now Disney's like, okay, how do we just keep recycling this? How do we just keep making more money? It's a it's a cash cow. It's a money making machine. This this combination of you gotta and- give some credit to Filoni too, because we've also yeah. now got this whole Last Samurai highlander thing where he's got the dark saber so now if you want a lightsaber fight you just say well he's got to face all these different challenges it's like fist of the north star yeah mixed so. with mixed with uh uh lone wolf and cub yeah mm. now he's so, more like, he's it, more lone wolf now than ever though too yeah oh well it i mean this is the foundation for a universe to be built onto itself it exists in the existing star wars universe but i mean like this is a strong narrative that they can just roll with right like yeah if this was the star wars we got like like i we enjoyed care. boba fett before mando showed up but everybody else all you guys that i've been talking to mando's where it's at in these last two episodes have like really emphasized that and if that's where the fan base is at yeah that's well, that's what we do i mean the the episode before last was one of the best episodes of The Mandalorian, and it was an episode of The Book of Boba Fett, which is right, crazy. Yeah, which, and Boba Fett wasn't in it like for two seconds. Yeah, and he was barely in this one. He, he wasn't even head. in. Yeah, he nods he was his in, head at, at, at the man, Mando, and that's about it. That was yes, that was the most recent one, and then but the one before that, Boba Fett wasn't even in it. It was just Fennec Shand was in that. Uh, which makes I don't know yeah. if that makes it that you know that much better or not. I mean, it's nothing against the actor; he's great. But the character no, is just so one-dimensional, and yeah. he there's there's no like you don't really have any backstory to him whatsoever. And granted, you only have minimal stuff for Mandalore for Mando, but it's enough to keep you guessing. Whereas I think you need just a little bit, right? Like with the Joker, yeah. for instance, you have a couple of different instances where you might have a. Uh, an origin story like there's the right. killing joke origin story that alan moore wrote which i i, I know i don't know. I think I take that as, yeah i think i take that as canon because uh she you know barbara gordon was oracle for so long after being shot mm-hmm. in the back so right um that means joker was a failed comic who needed money for his wife and soon-to-be child and uh put on the red hood and uh, was working with the mob, and they double-crossed him, and Batman pushed him into the the Ajax chemicals, and there you go. Yeah, there's, but, there's a whole... Yeah, it's crazy how... But I love how the Joker generally is an indeterminate origin. There's no true right. Joker origin, which yeah. I think... If we're going to talk like Joker, that might be a whole other discussion, but the movie Joker... <laughs> I, know that, I know that they're making Joker too, but the movie Joker, I guarantee, if you watch it again, uh, check your DM. I sent you a message. I will, Kaplan Chart. Thank you for joining us. You can also listen to the full discussion at twitch.tv slash Aristotle Full Throttle if you want to hear. Uh, is this Will? And I'm Uncle Ron. But Joker, that movie is an unreliable narrator. So the movie yeah, itself, the movie itself is show- telling you this could be real or it could not be real it could be true this could be the joker's origin or not maybe he's he is he isn't you know and that i read this review of uh it was like on npr and this guy totally got it wrong he's like oh am i to believe that a bunch of businessmen on the train are going to know all the words to send in the clouds and i'm like no that's the point the point is 
is this real or is this not real? The whole movie, every single scene. Is he going to really drop a gun in the middle of a daycare? <laughs> like, and not get arrested? You know, well, it's that's where it's Joker brilliant. is kind of it's similar to Fight Club in the fact that you can't trust the narrator at all. And yes, I'm not going to give it Fight Club. I'm going to give it Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch. I haven't, yeah, seen, Sucker I haven't Punch. seen. I haven't seen Sucker Punch because I've heard from many people that it's yes. very misogynistic. Plus, it's Zack Snyder. Yeah, Zack Snyder. You I can go I can. so far as to say that people will make the argument that if that's the takeaway they got from it, they didn't understand the movie. Right. Um, so I'm not going to say that's true or not because his execution is not always very precise. But back to Boba Fett. Back to Boba Fett. Let's get back to Boba Fett. Thank you for keeping us my on track. Is just my way. attitude is that we can't Go ahead. look at Boba Fett as the hero of the story in the sense that we looked at the Mandalorian. I think mm. this is more like their take on Robert's Rebellion. We're okay. watching an usurper king build his kingdom. And that's what we're watching. Oh, and thanks, it's Captain creating a, a foundation for what Tatooine's going to be. Because Lucas really wanted to do like the underworld story of the Star Wars universe. And that was the first TV series I remember hearing that he was really trying to push ABC. Ah, right. And so... I- to- you had to build that underworld. You know, it's interesting. George Lucas was going to do like a real crazy trippy version of the sequels. His versions of the sequel trilogy, George Lucas's concepts, the scripts that he wrote or the treatments that he wrote were going to basically explore like all the midichlorian stuff that nobody likes. And uh, we're going to spend time hanging out with like the wills in a microscopic world. We were going to travel through the microscopic world that George Lucas imagines in his head. And and you know what? I would have watched it and I would have been like, listen, the guy's got ideas. Even if we don't like them, he's got ideas. (laughs) He's got many, many ideas. Um, But getting back to the Mandalorian in the sequel trilogy, I think the Mandalorian is almost exactly what I would have wanted out of a sequel trilogy. Because dig this. It makes so much sense. The Empire falls, or at least is is very uh, damaged to the point it's that the New Republic is growing, right? But it doesn't even matter who's in charge at this point because there's a power vacuum. And I wanted the concept, my concept that I was like, I hope they do this, that after Return of the Jedi, there is a power vacuum. The Rebels destroy the Empire's most uh, strategic weapon and the Emperor. So now... Whoever is remaining of that will be fighting to to gain power. The rebels are fighting to gain power. And what other groups? Like it could be Game of Thrones. Could have been Game of Thrones. You could have had the Mandalorians over here being like, hey, we've got the Darksaber. We got we want to be ruling the galaxy. You could have had all of these different uh groups trying to fight for the Iron Throne. And uh, that would have been way more compelling than just sort of Not trying sure. to recycle. Do Mandalorians, like, crave power like that, though? Well, hey, I don't know. I got a question, too, for you experts. How <laughs> how recently was that Mandalorian, Dark Mandalore, introduced? I didn't do the extended Star Wars stuff. Last 15 years? Day, so. Last yeah. Let so, me look. Yeah, so, I'm looking it up. I don't really. So, yeah, so. I, I didn't watch any of the cartoons, and I didn't. 
Yeah, me like, neither. So I'm I'm, I'm lacking. <laughs> well, here's neither. the thing. So like when we were watching when we were watching it last week, and Judy was like, "Oh, this is guys from Clone Wars." I'm like, "I got no idea what you're talking about." Well, Judy is a trooper. Judy watched all of the things, and uh, she keeps she's she's been telling me to watch it. So I trust Judy's judgment. And but here's the problem: I have a very difficult time. I have a very difficult time watching. This this is what I told myself. My friend David sent me the DVDs, and he, he gave me the DVDs <laughs> to watch, and I had them for two years, and and I put them in finally after, and I was like, okay. He's like, you're going to like it. You're going to like it. You're going to like it. Judy says you're going to like it. Everybody says I'm going to like it. Right? I put the DVD in and I said to myself, I'm going to turn this off as soon as I see Yoda trying to bounce around with a lightsaber. As soon as that happens, I'm gone. I'm out because it size matters not. It defeats the purpose of Yoda. He shouldn't even use a lightsaber. He should not even use a lightsaber. He's a he's a old man. Who he has mastered the force. He right. doesn't need it. Force Thug Yoda is where it's at. He does not need he has he said he is the most masterful Jedi master. He knows what he's doing. He does not need to eat like for instance, when he walks one of the dopest moments in all of the Star Wars movies was Yoda walks into yes, the Yes, I know where we're going. He the just walks in. In the throne room, and the two Imperial guards, he just crushes them, smashes them against the wall, and he just keeps walking. <laughs> like, he's force just like, okay. Thug Yoda, that's Force Thug Yoda. But I'm saying, <laughs> that's Yoda's power. It's in his intellect, and it's in his ability to wield the Force. It's not not to do with hand-to-hand combat at this point. It's stupid. The point that to show he's got a frail body, but it's not his body that is the Force, It's it, or the thing that is formidable. It's his mind and his, his mastery of the Force. So as soon as I said to myself, if I see a little guy put his cane away and start bouncing around the screen, come on now, that's <laughs> not what I'm into. And literally 11 that minutes into the first episode, thing. 11 minutes into the first episode of The Clone Wars, he did it. I turned it off. I'm never going back. <laughs> Side note, I, did you guys hear that, the, um, that Warner Brothers is being sued by Village Roadshow Entertainment Group? Village Roadshows have to do Jackass. Oh, guys, I no. didn't even start talking about Jackass. I saw Jackass on Friday. <laughs> I loved oh. it. Let me let me tell you this because I got a question about that. Um, yeah. Apparently, uh, it has to do with they uh, Warner Brothers breached contract over the studio's decision to release Matrix Resurrections simultaneously on HBO Max and uh-huh. in theaters. WB sole purpose in moving the release date of the Matrix Resurrections for was to create a desperately needed wave wave of year-end HBO Max premium subscriptions from what it knew would be a blockbuster film. Dates the complaint yeah. when it was not a blockbuster film at all. But now I'm curious now because okay. <laughs> no, you need to linger on that last statement, Ron, because that needs to be stressed. Yes, it was not a blockbuster. Um, no, now you you saw Jackass. Now a lot of their you see all these ads saying Jackass may save the world. Like I, I, all I know is Jackass has some guy sitting in a chair with salmon and honey and a bear. And yes, that's hilarious. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, you think it's funny? I like what? Ex, explain yourself, sir. Okay, so I will explain myself. Uh, <laughs> but also, let me read uh, Judy's comments. But re- it happens so rarely with Yoda, and there's so much more good storyline happening in the cartoons. Well. I, for me, the cartoons, the storylines, okay, well, you know, 
Maybe there's some good storylines, but what I think is going to happen is they're going to bring all the good stuff into the live action stuff. But fundamentally, I am of the opinion that all of Star Wars is live action feature film because it's it's the only original uh, series for film that was created specifically for the medium, specifically for the medium of film. And it's like the only and it's like or was the most valuable intellectual property in Hollywood. So it's kind of crazy to read the book. Like, listen, people could read the books. They can read the extended universe. They can watch the cartoons. That's fine. But fundamentally, uh, I think that it's intended for, uh, I mean, obviously Mandalorian is pretty good, but it's a cinematic situation. Okay. Jackass. Here's why I love it. Let me see if I can play that. Uh, I can't. But uh, here's why I love it. Because the guys... Are you trying to play the Minutemen? Uh, yeah. The guys okay. in Jackass, I love the fact that they're funny. The guys are funny. They have... They're not just kicking each other in the balls. They're doing a joke, a visual pun, a joke, something that's ridiculous. They have to think of a thing that is funny first and then do it as a wild stunt. So to me, the reason why Jackass is hilarious is because it's Wiley Coyote. They're like, well, why don't we do a Wiley Coyote joke in real life? And fundamentally at first, the concept is funny. The concept alone is funny of whatever they're doing. In my opinion, I love get someone getting hit over the head of the frying pan. I love also intellectual. I like highbrow, lowbrow. And I think that Jackass hits me right in the lowbrow. And I love it. Okay, so is it funny or is it shocking? Because sometimes things that are shocking, it's like a breaching experiment. They push you to an uncomfortable place, and laughing is the immediate response because it's the one's most comfortable. It's both, but fundamentally, the fact. Okay, so I grew up a boy, um, uh, and what? <laughs> and a white, what boy, I a white would, boy. Get that. Get that. Remember that. You're white. I grew up a small white boy in the south. No. Yes. I. I grew, these cans. <laughs> I grew up a boy and running around a parking lot in a shopping cart, pushing each other in a shopping cart and then driving that shopping cart into like a wall and falling out of it was one of the funnest things I could possibly do. And it hurt a little, but it was still fun. And like me and my <laughs> friends would do stupid stuff like this all the time and watching. Yes. It is. Yes, exactly. It's the purest form of joy to like roll down a hill or something silly or just kind of get, walk right. to that edge. So vicariously watching the guys, they all care about each other and they're all very uh, they're having a good time. They're having it, it, fun. It speaks, to your, it speaks to your basic instincts of just looking for pure happiness. Yes. And it's pure joy for me. Watching these guys smack In each the other. Mode, Listen, Smug. You know what? Smug Go ahead. <laughs> I see, you know I see you know Judy. Oh, I see going. Judy. And I would like to hear Judy's opinion. She's, uh, she's, I think she's going to get us on Star Wars again, which I'm, I'm also... Uh, real quick, before she before she does, I uh, real quick, uh, you heard what... You know what? I, I heard there was only one scene in there with Bam. Well, they did a little tribute to Bam at the end. Because you, you heard what happened yeah. to him, why he's not in the movie. Well, Ryan Dunn, they did a tribute to. Why? Why is uh, Bam not in the movie? 
Uh, he, they, Johnny Knoxville was on Howard, and uh, it always goes back to Stern. Uh, and he said that we need people on set who are professional in a good place. Well, in a good place. Yeah. Right, and not Bam on drugs. Not in, yeah, and Bam is not in a good. That's why they, they actually like they had an intervention for Steve-O, and that's how they got him clean. Um, Steve-O seems and, to, be, to be doing all right right now, which yeah. Is and Johnny nice Knoxville has said that this is the last movie where he takes the lead on things because of yeah, what they introduced the bull the bull stunt. Yeah, he got a brain hemorrhage on that one, but uh, it yep. was still funny. <laughs> like. Uh, <laughs> Listen, the ends do not justify the means. Will, they put their own selves at this risk. They do this themselves for the sake of entertainment. And also for themselves, for some reason, they find this is their skill. This They are stunt people. They are professional stunt people. And it, it, to me, I don't... I can't shame them or blame them for wanting to subject themselves to this. And for me, I do... Are you I willing do, to hear a hot take... Will, I'm just saying, I vicariously experienced pure joy watching people hit each other in the nuts. I don't know why, but I just. I have to. Come on, the growing. What's it? That whole comedy talk. How are you going to poop on the number one movie in the country? (laughs) Will. How are you going to duck? I mean. Matrix Resurrections was number one for a week too, so yeah, it wasn't we bad. Just quality by success. So it I wasn't terrible. Here's my thing about Jackass yeah. and the appeal. And that go to thought, Yeah, when I was young, and now, and how my perspective has changed. The key point when things pivoted for me was when I realized that when I did stuff like that, the thrill was the doing. There's an adrenaline rush from doing something risky. Right. The humor was when somebody failed and you were ready to laugh at them for failing. The I don't tragedy, think so. No, I'm talking about me personally. Like, okay. like it was always funny to see somebody F up. This <laughs> is like, ooh. Um, mm-hmm. The tragedy is when they get hurt making that mistake. And then it's like, you might laugh for a second, but then you realize, oh, God, I'm not supposed to be laughing. This is, oh, wait a minute, are you okay? That, I that was the you. arc of my my situations with that kind of stuff, because we did stupid stuff like that on the regular. And, like, yeah, I love the thrill of just doing something reckless and surviving it, but you don't always survive it. And the, I was never that's... monetarily compensated for it. <laughs> it was just a pure thrill. This is the these guys are stuntmen. That's why they show up on wrestling when it's time to promote their movies. They work with other people who do the same. Now, now, now. Let's let's be careful with the, if we if we poop talk wrestling. I didn't no, Judy, poop talk wrestling. I'm, I'm just saying because I currently have it on my TV right now. Well, well, thank oh, you for like, your hot I'm take. Saying, well, thank you, Will, for your hot take on, on yeah, gonna, uh, Jackass. Judy, Judy. Yes. I so can I just. Can I just say a super quick story about me watching Jack- a Jackass movie? Of course, because I awesome. think I might have been there. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't think you were, but so oh. I went oh, you to told the me movie with, uh, yeah, I went to the movies with my friends Don and Jenny to see a Jackass movie. I don't even know which one it was. And um, I have a very um, quick gag reflex. 
And there was one of the things that they were doing that was just so disgusting that I totally like gagged and threw up into the crook of my arm in the movie theater and had to like get up and like go to the bathroom and watch Oh man. Was it the horse horse semen? No, no. it wasn't that. But it was that but it was that movie. Oh so Jackass too. Yeah, it was the one where they like they had hooked up the thing to the guy's face and then they were farting into it or something. Oh, yeah, and he was that. throwing up in his mask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. I don't know. Oh, I don't what? know, man. I find it. I'm going to. I would die laughing because, like, the, the car. It's a cartoon joke. It's a cartoon it joke. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and then they're no, doing it. You're just There's waiting. quality. Yeah. You're, you're, you're waiting for the Acme uh, one ton thing to just fall on someone's head. <laughs> right. And they basically do that with yeah. the giant hand that slaps people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of wish they would have hit Machine Gun Kelly a little bit harder, but, you know. Oh, yeah. They didn't really hit him. That. Did you see the movie, uh, Ron? I, I haven't seen it yet, but I, I've, I've seen parts of it. And I'm, when, when Knoxville was on Stern, he was talking about how they, he even like Howard was talking about like wishing he could be on set. And then he but he was scared. And he said, no, 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 no. Yeah. You'll be fine. He's like, you, no, you got, you'd be fine. That's a lie. Because they get, they get, <laughs> he says they get, they get, uh, they get like, you know, they, they know who they can go after. And like when Eric Andre was on, uh, yeah. they talked to Jeff Tremaine who had worked with Eric Andre before. And they said, is this guy good? Like, do we just go easy on him? He's like, no, yeah. kill him. And he's like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Eric Andre D G A F. Also, <laughs> I actually worked with, okay. um, Chris Rabs and part of the camera crew for the Jackass movies a few years ago on this series for full screen. Similar, these two guys were like, uh, they just would do stupid stunts. Like one guy tied a bunch of helium balloons to him and he was like running across this field trying to lift up off the ground and stuff. And so for a week, I got to work with uh, the camera crew and the assistant director and I think one of the directors for the TV series for jackass and uh, like i was geeking out with chris rabs all day i was like so uh what happened with uh steve oh oh also steve cky is a band van margera's brother is in this band called mm-hmm. cky i'm a huge fan of i am i'm not a huge that fan but i like they, them. they, they, they were good they were yeah good. i like them i like them they're a solid good band and uh yeah so chris rabs is a part of that whole crew apparently my friend told me that chris chris rab has a uh he, i think they call him rabs but his name is Reb. <laughs> but uh, I think he has a uh, a podcast that you can listen to, and it involves the CKY guys and the Jackass guys. So that week was a fun week for me to work with these kids that were like throwing. They were they were trying to ice skate and barrel jump and stuff. And on the first day, the dude like bruised his shin jumping over all these barrels. And on he would like gain speed on ice skates and then. On a, at a skating rink, which was a cold day, by the way. I had to, like, walk on ice. <laughs> okay, so was... I got to ask you then. I got to ask you. So we all know CK Jackass came from CKY, obviously. Yeah. But mm-hmm. what are your the thoughts videos, on... The biking videos. Right. What are your thoughts on Viva La Bam? I liked the show. I thought it was fun. I, I and thought, it, you know... like, one of, my, one of the funniest things is, like, the Don't Feed Phil or yeah. uh, or or when they put ham they 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 <laughs> they put hamburgers on all his clothes. <laughs> they put hamburgers on all his, so he had to like get his clothes without eating a hamburger. Or is it what? 
no, no, no like they put like, they put like little iron-ons of hamburgers on all of his uh, clothes. That's funny. I one of my favorite episodes was when he filled the house with uh, colored balls, like a ball pit. Yeah. So his entire yes. house was filled with <laughs> it was a ball pit. So he jumped off the balcony inside the house into like the living room. Which or was when amazing. they were playing baseball inside of Castle Bam. <laughs> just that's a funny joke. But uh, Viva La Bam was not as, you know, I think Bam is a different flavor on his own. He's a little bit more uh, just a little out of his mind. <laughs> and, yeah, I think the best episode is when Knoxville was on it and they had the prank off. And uh, like Knoxville had his soup, but then he had to go away and take a phone call. So everybody like took turns drinking the soup and then spitting it back in the bowl. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting. That's so funny. Hey, uh, in the mud mode, reactivate. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I do love that Johnny Knoxville is a solid leader of the stupid. He's like, he's yeah. such a good charismatic idiot. <laughs> I love him. But go ahead, Judy. What? Oh, no. I was going to try to bring us back to Star Wars just for a second. Yeah. <clears throat> Please do. Please just, do. Just for a second. And, and really, it's, it's more about like what what you've said to the past said to me in the past and what you just said on the show about like, you know, it's the live action and nothing else kind of thing. And I just yeah. want to say that it's pretty I, dogmatic. I understand that. Like I cannot make you watch these cartoons. I'm just going <laughs> to say that though, the people yeah. who created them aren't just fans. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, <clears throat> yes, they're really yes. into the lore of Star Wars. And these cartoons do nothing but uplift all of the storylines of Star Wars. Right. So like okay. I just I just feel like you're (laughs) limiting yourself to something you already know that you love. I know. So it just makes me sad that you're limiting yourself. (laughs) Okay. Well I I hear you Judy and I think that is activated. I hear I hear you on that, which is yes. I admit I'm pretty dogmatic about Star Wars being a cinematic experience. Uh, however, also but you know, that, I'm, I'm also going to say this: there are some there are some fight scenes in Clone Wars and actually both Rebels that I was like, "Holy crap! This is a cartoon!" Like, yeah. They There's do drama. some major graphics with it. Like, they do some awesome stuff. Hey, I'm not going to say that, like, every single episode is, like, beyond amazing. Because there are some cheesy ones. But, like, in, for the most part, it is just such great storytelling. Yeah. I, it, just, well, I, it just really is. Okay. Well, I, I believe you. And also... Here's the thing, you know, you know that I love Star Wars. You said I love Star Wars, but I also like like every Star Wars fan. I also hate it, <laughs> so I love it. Well, I fell out of love with Star Wars when it came to the, the 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 latest trilogy and the fandom. Like the fans made me a lot of the fans made me start to just not like Star Wars anymore. Well, that, that there is this this sort of toxic fandom that goes on because Disney sort of wants to play into the uh, the placating and the pacifying of fans instead of maybe like challenging the cinephiles and the people who like to develop the stories. So, uh, <laughs> member berries, um, member berries. There's 
Let's see. I'm going to use the chat to tie things together. Okay, so Will's going to use the chat. But <clears throat> I uh -huh. I know of the series, and I like I do watch a lot of uh, YouTube videos on recaps of Star Wars and stuff like that, and they will reference the the series. The, I think fundamentally, like a big problem that I have with almost everything post original trilogy is that I think everyone sort of misses the point, including George Lucas. I'm the only one who knows what Star Wars is about. I came up with all the ideas for Tournament Jedi. No, I'm kidding. The point is, I think that that uh, it's almost like the essence of the story. It's unique. It's it's like kind of like the sequels to Die Hard. Die Hard as a movie has so many incredible elements that make it unique as a film. He's got no shoes on. They're terrorists, but they're not. They're robbers. It's uh, they're German, but the you know whatever. And, and you've got he's got this relationship with this other cop. He's trying to get his marriage back together. He's going to get back. There's so many dimensions. He's in a building. How do you get out of a building? The building's roof explodes. There's like a spectacle. So there's so many incredible elements to that that when you make a sequel to that, how do you include? all new incredible dimensional dimensions to the story so when i'm talking about a new hope it's a very it's a it's a it's a unique original movie <laughs> and then the empire strikes back you know what it took it things further it took things further and return of the jedi brought things home now since then i just think that you've got this simple story of a lone farm boy in the desert who wants to leave the desert and go become a great pilot in the first one he wants to become a jedi in the second one he wants to reunite with his father in the third one or turn his father back to the good side in the third one he's got specific character arcs in each movie luke skywalker <clears throat> so there's a uniqueness to there not being any other jedi <laughs> that's you what's unique about the original trilogy there are no others it's a story that we're hearing someone tell another person on a screen. We're hearing it like third, fourth hand. There were these things, these people called Jedi. There were so now you got the prequels, and it's just like fifty million Jedi swinging a billion lightsabers, and it's like not special anymore. It's not this sacred. Oh my god! Like this used to be a thing, but now in, in Attack of the Clones, it's everywhere, all the time, in your face, just constant lightsaber swinging and it just takes away it just takes away from it for me it's just you gotta have uh scarcity rareness you've got to be there's got to be lore that's why the mandalorian i think is cool because the the baby yoda situation you're like oh i don't understand you know but still it's a member berry it's he looks like yoda but it's it's like where does he come from who is this i don't know what's this dark saber i don't know so it's like i prefer and I know that the Force Awakens tried to do something like that, but they were just recycling, just recycling a new hope and stuff. So I think that Ryan I've Johnson tried to make a good a new Star Wars movie. What's up? And it kind of backs up what Judy was bringing up. Would you say that the modern technology for filmmaking and the modern approach to putting a series together, where it's not just an anthology? Where you get 26 episodes over a course of a year and it's just the, the story of the week are more suited to cinematic storytelling than in the past. So Star Wars doesn't need to be a theatrical experience. It just needs to be highly cinematic, regardless of the medium it's presented on. Yeah, I mean, 
I think that it, it it's due. It, it uh, will say something. I, I think your level was pretty low. Here, let me. I turned your level up. Say say uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> let me see if I can get you to... oh, How about that? How about just a, a Wookiee noise or something? Okay, Wookiee noise. I got you boosted. Uh, perfect. Well, I see what you're saying. I think that Star Wars definitely is... You gotta spend a little bit of time developing. It's all about the story. It's really about the story. We get the really oh, cool I visuals. Agree. And we get the really cool effects. And we get the story told in a crazy cool concept. Everything, And again, the original trilogy. Everything is sort of used. They live in a lived-in universe. Everything is like kind of hobbled together. The They're... Vehicles are have are missing panels, and you know they they live in this universe. They're they're salvaging parts. They're building things from what's left over to fight this empire. Even the Death Star in Return of the Jedi is not complete. It's incomplete. Well, so they think. Spoiler alert. This, uh, let me just say it, was, it is fully functional. I'm afraid. It's, okay, <laughs> but but uh, I'm the point is, it is fully functional. <laughs> Um, yeah, so when you get the prequels, everything's shiny and polished and not Star Wars, you know, and it's like I'm complaining about things not, you know, things being uh, recycled, but also, you know, not challenging the audience, but I don't know, it just didn't feel as lived in, it felt polished and maybe Attack of the Clones felt a little bit But what if it wasn't supposed to, kind of like you look at movies that are period pieces that are set during the Roman Empire, there's the, the period before Rome fell and after fell, and it's like oh, what, how wonderful Rome was and then after Rome fell and you go into the Dark Ages, and it's like, wow, look how wild and decrepit the world is now that we don't have uh, organized civilization in this Roman Empire and the Republic, yeah. and it's wonderful Gothic structure, so he was maybe going for a little bit of that, you know? I'm, yeah. I'm, reaching. I, I wasn't a fan of the no. prequels either, and a lot of the bang-pow flash of the, the action sequences and everything really put me off, too. But to be fair, it's like... there. I think there was some actual authorial intent mm. in what he was trying to create. And he just... Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, uh, to its credit, The Force Awakens showed some like rubble from that was from... There's a scene, I think, in uh, The Force Awakens... Where I believe uh, Finn is fighting a stormtrooper, but and they're like standing among rubble, which seemed to exist beforehand. There seemed to have been maybe a, a structure there yeah. from the Republic, or you know, uh, there's a history. And when you go to Rome, right. there are ruins everywhere. You literally walk down the street, and it's like, oh, here are some two thousand year old ruins. <laughs> like, and, and here's a here's a spaghetti restaurant right next to it. Uh, it's pretty neat. Um, I don't know how much spaghetti they eat in Italy, but I'm about to eat spaghetti because I am starving. Uh, <laughs> as yeah, we get to, it's about that time. Yeah, I, I, I hear your devil's advocacy here, Will, and I think <laughs> there is a point. There is a point to it, uh, Keanu. Can I speak uh, from my heart on this subject? Though? Yeah. Yeah. Can I just instead of advocating for the other end, can I just say this just plainly? And purely and truly, yes. George Lucas is a bit of a hack when it comes to his stories. Like this last year of Dune hype has really brought to light, like just how much he borrowed from Dune. 
And okay. I, the whole Mandalorian thing, I feel like, is his way to finally separate Star Wars from Doom because without that, <laughs> it's okay. like. Will Hunt take George Lucas as a hack? Spice. That is a hot take. <laughs> 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 The fact that there is spite on Tatooine and it's a sought after thing by the syndicates and cartels that I never noticed or paid any attention to that as a kid and then I remember hearing it in passing when I rewatched the movies later and now seeing them on a desert planet and there's about to be this turf war over spice I'm just like oh yeah. good lord how yeah, did I I'm not a... this dude here how did you not what I didn't fill in because it's just like could go to war. I'm for real. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Drama Girl 19 did a video of series called Greater Creators and she goes over Frank Herbert's Dune and all the efforts to bring it to film and she spends one of the episodes just breaking down plot point by plot point and someone else did this too. The different things that align as far as the origins of the Skywalker family and how they line with the, the Atreides family and just like the whole meat mm. of the original trilogy's story arc and where it was supposed to go is right. freaking the first book of Doom. So it's just now like, com- and now Comic Book Girl nineteen is selling her underwear for Valentine's Day. Hey, that's not off brand. <laughs> She's no, been really selling not. calendars with for her. She's making money. Uh, She's that's like the thing. woman that would sell farts in a jar. Uh, hey, no, she hasn't innovating. gone that far gone. Are you judging but that? Because she's making money for, for yeah. she's being a. Re- I uh, didn't. Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. Did it? I was just gonna say I didn't know George Lucas had borrowed from anything. As a kid, George Lucas was the originator. All I ever heard yeah. people say was George Lucas has all these wonderful ideas. He dreamed up all those creatures and all those stories, et cetera, et cetera. And now as an adult, I found out that, oh, well, James Cameron got to start with George Lucas. And the uh, Avatar oh. ideas were things that he pitched during the creation of Star Wars. And a lot of the designers and people who worked on Star Wars were instrumental in the creation of it. It's ripped off well, a bunch well, of like, here, early serials, too, like Flash Gordon <laughs> and stuff. In, yeah, in defense of George yeah, Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> in defense of George Lucas. <laughs> um, no other filmmaker in history w- was able to be the first person to do this, which was synthesize all of those concepts into a contiguous story and spectacle of 1977's Star Wars. No other filmmaker was ever did that. No, nobody could sort of, and even George Lucas, you know, in defense of him, but also uh, in uh, you know, to his credit, he also lent out some of his uh, the opinions to like Brian De Palma and and these other filmmakers at the time. He's like, hey guys, can you help me? Can you tell me whether or not this is good? And they like they helped sculpt it for help. They helped him along. But I I just gotta say that you know I know. You could say George Lucas' hack as Dune did come before, and there was a lot of ideas borrowed, but wow. also, like Ron says, the, you know, he does borrow a lot from Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers and mm-hmm. all of these other other kinds of things. But to synthesize this, and also, it's, it's it, it borrows a lot from the hero's journey, which Dune is also very yes. similar. But, um, yes. It, 
And but the idea that that George Lucas had, I will inf- forever have respect for, because he said, "I got this idea that movies can be like incredibly visually spectacular." special effects i want to be in space i want to do all this stuff how do i do this let me invent new ways of filmmaking <laughs> so to me i'm like you just can't take that away from the guy you can't like he took a simple no, I, story I don't to. yeah no i'm not i'm not coming at you i'm just i'm just defending oh no i'm just, just, just yeah. that it was the hot take and my yeah. hot take is i did not know that you know he was not this, this well it is the the saying like good people they create and the great people they steal yeah John Lennon said something like that nothing new under the sun it's not that's uh, true too yeah so that's how you steal so but yeah we're, we're we're talking Lucas and so that was the revelation of my adult life like yeah I was like oh this wasn't just stuff he just made up it's like wow yeah. I mean, a lot of it is so, like a Wookiee and all these things. I mean, there's probably drawings. But like, but like the, the meat of the, yeah, all the, all the fuzzy, weirdy, goofy, sci-fi stuff. That's great, but the story of Star Wars is what drew us here. Yeah. Well, I think the that story, the narrative, of the characters. I think his original intent was to make a special effects spec- spectacle, and he had to come up with a story <laughs> and that, that worked That's in that context. Uh, so I, you know, from that standpoint, he did that in spades. Also, George, James Cameron is one of the most innovative filmmakers. I always appreciate when there's somebody who's going to try to raise the medium itself, reinvent mm-hmm. what the movie going experience and George Lucas, Jim Cameron, those are two people, Steven Spielberg, maybe a little bit with, you know, like Jurassic Park and all that. I mean, he, they didn't really physically change the technology. I mean, Spielberg did for that movie. He uh, used it effectively. And his camera. For his, yeah. His work, too. Yeah, the digital domain stuff from The Abyss and all that stuff. Yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah. So, so the but Cameron and George Lucas, as far as reinventing the theater from the way they filmed it to the way that they uh, added the special effects to the way that it's actually viewed in theater. Uh, George Lucas is responsible for the modern layout or the at least changing the concept of uh, the, the movie theater because before Star Wars and during and since, there's still a lot of movie theaters like this, they're just old playhouses that were converted with a projector in the back Mm -hmm. and they were just converted their playhouse but George Lucas said hey why don't we build a thing that accommodates a movie viewing experience so that um so the speakers along the wall the THX sound like all of this technical achievement just guy the guy's I mean come on now the guy's a genius (laughs) the guy's the guy's pretty but then then my brain is saying well if not him I could have someone Kubrick going in that direction. Yeah. Because 2001 is a, a bad mofo. Yeah, but then <laughs> yeah. Kubrick was going about to make AI, so I mean... That's true. I, I contend that the final 20 minutes of AI with all that alien stuff it's just all the stuff that Steven Spielberg tacked on to the end. 
of that movie. I feel uh, like the original script that he was working from was Kubrick's, and then he's like, okay, now aliens. Um, yeah, I actually liked AI. Sorry, guys. And I don't think they were meant to be aliens. I think it was just supposed to be the, the advancement in the evolution of AI. That's what found them. They weren't aliens. They were what came of the AI that survived the human race. And then someone said, oh, well, the movie is actually just supposed to be Pinocchio anyway, so. Yeah, there's Jiminy (laughs) Cricket. There's no Pinocchio. There's two no Pinocchios coming out. There's a Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Really? Yeah, Guillermo del Toro. So it's going to be disturbing, I'm sure. Yeah, that's why I'm going to. Is it? I wonder if it's going to be. It did not do well in theaters. Oh. What? Huh, I gotta Google this because I missed that. Was it live action or was it? It's like stop motion or something. I think. What the new Pinocchio? Um, yeah. <laughs> Which was it? Um, I think it was animated, but or I don't remember. To be honest, it's not out yet. But Nightmare Alley's out, and I want to see that, and that's on HBO Max. That's very oh. good. I highly recommend it. But it's a Nightmare it's a Alley? journey. So be ready for. Oh yeah, it's you got to buckle up. Well, I'll welcome it with open arms. Yeah. Um. Oh, there is a trailer from two weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll check it out. All right, Ron. I haven't seen this trailer. Have you seen the trailer, Ron? For what? Pinocchio Pinocchio movie. Not yet. No. It looks okay because the still. Yeah, I'm like, is that supposed to be Jimmy the Cricket? I haven't yeah. even hit play, but I, what the still is, it's like, oh boy. But he's not Jiminy. His name's like Steve or something. It's not Jiminy Cricket. He's like, my name is El- Steve Salvatore the Cricket. You know, like, I don't know. But Pinocchio. Oh boy. I do love Guillermo del Toro's artwork. And it does come back to Howard, because Guillermo del Toro years ago gave Howard Stern a... Uh, a visual journal that he kept of all of like his designs and stuff and he just handed it to Howard when he was a guest on the show he was like you can have this and Howard was like this that's the greatest gift I've ever got Howard does not like gifts either nope. <laughs> he, just, he throws well, them right I, in the garbage I, I, I he likes he likes gifts that Robin gets him because Robin knows him but when yes. that one that one that one year they did Secret Santa and the uh, the guy who worked on the tapes team got him a headstone that wasn't filled out, fully filled out yet that's a little creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you want a hot up. take, one day we should argue the, the merits and the detractions of Howard Stern and his the merits influence and demerits. on uh, yeah. on popular culture. Of, uh, culture the, yeah, the last 25 years of media culture. Well, I'm sure he would have the same criticism that a lot of us do of him. Uh, but uh, you know that's that's maybe a, a good thing to discuss at some at some point tomorrow. I may have Evan Ball. Uh, we, we might be talking to Evan Ball on the show, writer for TV and film. Depends on his Zoom meeting. He said he's got a Zoom writers meeting tomorrow, so he might pop in, say hi, and t- talk about what he's writing and working on. Um, but uh, yeah, the, talking about Stern is a, I could do that for days. He's, he's very as could guy. I. Shout out, shout out to Howard Stern's mom, who's Ray, who's not doing so well right now. Oh, you heard so, that today, huh? I did hear that today, yeah. So, uh, I, Oh, what are your thoughts on what's going to happen to Richard Christie's Chief's hat? I do not want to discuss this. <laughs> 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 oh, 
would not like to. <laughs> that is not something. Uh, that that is reserved for the house search, so you don't have to take my word for it. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you for joining me. <laughs> I was trying to eat lunch when I was listening to that. Ignorant. <laughs> Good. Good. You do yeah, not want it. You yeah, it's probably, probably for the best. For, for the best. Um, but yeah, we talked about it all. We talked about Star Wars. We talked about Jackass. We talked about uh, Yoda and Yaddle and Baby Yoda and Grogu. Did you say. see my connecting comments in uh, Twitch? I Let's find it. Let's everything re- together. <laughs> I'm going to the chat. Tie things in. Joker and Boba both fell into acid and come out paler and determined to get revenge. She wants revenge as leaders of the underworld. Jackass and Star Wars humor and humiliation. If there's other intelligent life in the universe capable of interstellar travel, they see this stuff and choose to drive by with their windows up and doors locked. That's true. I don't think any aliens are interested in us. And let us continue to descend into madness. I totally agree with that. Okay, I'm starting to forget the last way of weaving this all together. Okay, I remember. This time I'll rejoin the chat. Voice chat. Okay. And now here we are. We're up to speed. When will it then be now? Soon. How soon is now? Yeah, yeah you, you took the words out of my mouth, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> well, Judy, thank you also for uh, imploring me to watch cartoons. Uh, there's nothing more than I want to watch. <laughs> I actually got her back on that because I'll tell you, some of the people whose opinions on Star Wars I have found myself to be the closest with, and I'm, I am, I'm the equivalent of a lapsed Catholic when it comes to Star Wars. Like, I really lost my faith in the 90s. Um, and they have advocated for Dave Filoni's writing and the lore that he created. That's why I asked the question about the Mandalorian lore. How old is it? Because the yeah. stuff he made is really good, and that's what's actually powering the Mandalorian show now. Mm. So, so yeah, and there's they a have lot a of Mandalorian. Theory. There's a lot of Mandalorian story line. Not this, not our Mandalorian, but Mandalorian in general. Right. In um. Uh, the Clone Wars. Is it Rebels or is it Clone Wars? It's Clone Wars, right? Uh, I think... Oh, no. no I forget. Because I, I watch them together, so I forget. Uh. But either way, we get a lot of that information. So we saw the Darksaber. We saw Bo-Katan. We saw, you know, like, the different... Um, the war between the different sects of Mandalorians. So... Mm. Okay. No, I gotta take off because I've been holding my my bodily fluids for an hour and a half now. I'll talk to you guys well, later. We'll go see if you can find the Kansas City Finally. Well, yeah, you always oh, never hold, never hold. You're shaking. Uh, <laughs> never hold. There are viewing well, guides so that you don't have to watch every episode. Yeah, for I do like all that stuff. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to draw from from the animated series and the uh, the animated feature, the official release, the Star Wars. So I do. Oh, I, I heard that was garbage. <laughs> oh, was it garbage? Okay, well, I, you that know, one who knows? I, I heard any endorsements for. <laughs> who knows? To avoid that, I can tell right. you to avoid the Clone Wars movie. I will watch. Yeah, I haven't watched that, but I heard the same thing that it's just not good. Okay, unanimous from the Star Wars rabble rabble. Maybe I will watch the Clone Wars, but on twice the speed. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. Then Yoda will be—he'll be just a blur. 
Maybe they have a viewing order where you don't have any Yoda in it, where you can just avoid that part. Maybe. It's done a a super cut that just cut out all the Yoda bouncing. It is, it is, it's just so disheartening to see that for me. I can't, I can't, I just, it just, yeah, it, but that's the fundamental. You just reminded me of a question I have for you. What's that? That's a, you might hate me for it. So with that feeling, which I share, how yeah. did you feel about seeing Grogu start to go that route? To go what route? Learning to jump. Oh, yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Ollie was saying to, today, he's like, I just saw the episode and when Luke was running through the forest with... Uh, Grogu on his back. <laughs> he was like, oh, he's, "Luke's gonna do a flip. Luke's gonna do a flip. Luke's gonna do a flip." And he yeah, did a flip. Oh, yeah, he like, oh, man. Yeah. So it's <laughs> it's just it's just so like unimaginative is the word. It's not you, you can, not everybody can lean into originality like George Lucas likes to do for better and for the worst sequel prequels ever made for movies uh you know he's like he made three of the best movies ever and then three of the worst movies ever which is kind of that's a talent uh but he's got ideas and he leans into them and he likes to just be unabashed about them but disney's like listen we cherry picked everything that everyone likes for sure and we're gonna just make a cherry pie out of it so that's what that's what all of the TV stuff is, and I'm looking forward to to the Obi Wan series. Actually, hello there. The Force will be with you always. I think I that. I I hope it's good too. I think it's going to be because they had to rewrite the entire thing because there's going to be six episodes and each one's going to be like an hour long, but apparently. The original scripts were basically like Obi-Wan and like a baby Luke. <laughs> and people were like, this is way too oh. much like Mandalorian with the baby Grogu. Uh, yeah. So, so they had to like restructure the entire thing. But um, she's a very, she's a really good director. She directed one of the best episodes of the Mandalorian and she's directing all of the episodes. Of- Who is it? I forget her name. She did like episode. Bryce Dallas Howard. No, no not Bryce Dallas Howard, but she's she's fantastic. What's up, Scott? How are you? We're just talking about Mandalorian and little baby Grogu's and stuff. You know, all kinds of stuff that uh, is essentially important to the world today. Who cares about Ukraine? <laughs> Who cares about <laughs> invading Ukraine? We got Star yeah. Wars to talk about. Um, but that's it. We're wrapping it up. Thank you guys so much for hanging out and talking about it. And... Uh, you know, I think we solved absolutely nothing, which is perfect. <laughs> we had a good time doing it, and that's the point. It's about the hero's journey. Am I right, baby Grogu? Let's see. What has he got to say about this? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Judy, thank you for imploring me to watch this series. I will. I will. I will you continue to. Pro- it. It's okay. <laughs> I will continue to procrastinate. <laughs> <laughs> on that uh will thank you for your hot takes uh but uh, ladies and gentlemen uh, this is a direct quote from will george lucas sucks and is a hack that's what will said not me 
That is something that is direction. <laughs> you go after Will on the internet for that. Or go re-listen to this entire show, which you can download on Spotify or listen to on Spotify. You can watch on the show. You can watch reruns. You can subscribe, like it, share the videos, do all the fun stuff. It helps to keep that light on. Uh, Will, you, you had you had a deep breath as if you were about to tell us something. No, I was coughing and choking oh, okay. because my lungs are not happy and you said something that made me unnerved. Okay, well, hopefully your lungs heal. Is it? Is it, You're not sick, are you? You're just... Or what's going on? You got you got um, the Omicron? Uh, how much snow did you get? <coughs> oh yeah, well, here in LA, we got uh, we got seventy two degrees and sunny and clear. Exactly. <laughs> so I had to shovel nine oh. inch thick snow, a thirty foot driveway, and then I got stuck in the snow like three oh or four God. times getting out of my driveway. And going to my mom's where they didn't plow her parking lot for her apartment complex. So I got uh, more weather and exercise than I've had in the past three years in the span of like three hours. So my well, body is still like going through. Yeah. <coughs> you got to be careful shoveling snow, actually. Shoveling snow, oh, seriously. I, I, it's like one of the know, main causes for cardiac. Instagram. Yeah. Yes time of yeah. day and that particular type of advertising. I went live on Instagram specifically because I was alone and had to do it. <laughs> so, someone might see and if those thoughts fly if I fall over I'll fall into the snow I'll be cryogenically frozen long enough for you to call the cops or call the ambulance yes. they can, they can throw yes. me out well over, but yeah <laughs> well thank thank you guys for joining me and uh stay warm as warm as you can and you know be careful shoveling that snow. Uh, I, I, hey, we I could have a new origin for captain america that could be the new origin right he falls into the snow marvel. i was just shoveling my driveway to get my model t or whatever cars they had back out back in the day well guys thank you so much for joining me I'm Aristotle Full Throttle I'll see you tomorrow where Evan Ball might be our guest but otherwise you can just pop into the chat and chat along with us I'm gonna have spaghetti but not real spaghetti whole wheat spaghetti but I got good sauce so hopefully it does not taste like cardboard (laughs) (laughs) stay on after the show's over so I can talk to you about that Uh, okay well I'm going to be cooking. I'm going to go right to the kitchen to cook. So you can talk to me and I'll listen, but I'll be in the kitchen uh, away from the microphone. I'm just going to tell you uh, what to buy instead of the whole wheat. Oh, is it semolina? All right. Well, bye.